0: I think you're going to really love today's guest, Priya. She is a psychotherapist and she is a one on a mission to help other women heal their nervous system. You know, really looking at the inner workings of what's going on in your day-to-day life, how to take more aligned action and know that you are worthy of everything that you create for yourself. And I think it's really important. One thing that we talked about a lot on was, you know curing an environment that's supporting you and kind of allowing the people in your life to call you out when you need called out so that way you can realize the areas in your life where you might be settling where you might be playing small i know you're going to love today's conversation as much as i did recording it Welcome back, Bria, to the Build for you episode. I am so excited to have you here. It's been a minute since we've caught up, so I'm excited to hear kind of what's changed in your world. For listeners who are listening, um, tell us a little bit about you and who you are and what you do.
1: Love it. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so but about me for work. I'm a psychotherapist, and I was just thinking about that the other day, like ha- talking about introducing yourself. Um, and it's funny because you know, people who have kids would be like, Oh, my, like my name's Priyama, mom, but I don't have that title yet. So um, I guess I introduced myself as a psychotherapist, uh, a dog mom, and um I love physical activity, like I love being active, hiking. Running, getting outside. And I just, I always want to bring other people along with me on that journey. I was a personal trainer for a while um, and just finished that, wrapped up my personal training business this past summer. And now I'm focusing on purely psychotherapy and still trying to, you know, find my way there, see what I like working with, what kinds of different disorders or mental health concerns or people. And yeah, so still learning and growing there.
0: I love that one question I've been loving asking people recently, and then we'll dive in is like, what's going on in your life that you're super excited about right now? It can be like work, play business, whatever.
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Cool. Okay. That's really cool. Cause yeah, it allows you to reflect for a second. You don't think like that. You're always like, Oh, every day is hard. Shit's hard. (laughs) Um, cool. Okay. I am excited about a couple things. One I'm moving soon and I think, yeah. And I think that the environment that we're in is so important like i've been living in this like sketchy apartment building for a while and i didn't know it was like sketchy till i was like 6 months in and then i started realizing like oh the people that live here oh the neighborhood oh and then i was like this is not like my type of environment so i think it just has a big influence on us like it makes me feel kind of sad when i like walk out and i see some of the things going on in my neighborhood so I'm really excited for that move. And I'm also really excited and proud of myself for learning to kind of calm down in daily life. Um, I got up an hour past my alarm this morning. And usually, like, in past years, that would have been a big, like, jump out of bed. You're like, shit. And your heart is racing. You're like, I need to do all this stuff. And today, it just didn't feel like that. It was like, oh whoops slept in must have needed it and I was like oh I wrote out my agenda oh I still have time to do all the things that I want to do today no big deal da, da, da. and like that is just so like I've worked really hard to get to that calm spot and it's just it feels really good so I'm super excited about that and hoping it's not just a fluke and <laughs> <can> continue it <laughs>
0: I love that. It's such like a full circle growth moment. And I think we should touch on that a little bit. You know, I think about the listener who's listening, who maybe is kind of an asshole to themselves when, you know, They aren't as productive as they quote unquote should be, or maybe they just got done working a 12 hour shift. So they spend their day off, you know, maybe sleeping in a little bit and not setting their alarm. And that's funny because I actually have been off work for four days now and I have not set an alarm a single day. (laughs) And it's been such a good feeling because it's like, when in my life have I ever had the opportunity to not have obligations? Like, I still get up and do the things that I need to do, but it's Like funny how time expands when you're not trying to cram it in a box.
1: (laughs) So damn true. Good for you. That's amazing. And, and I know that feeling like when you allow yourself to experience that and like, ah, this Saturday, Sunday, I'm not going to set an alarm and you can still wake up and like heart pounding. Your mind goes to what do I need to do today? And it doesn't feel good like you said, when we're trying to cram everything in. So yeah, I guess for the person listening, who is like having that experience, I think doing like trial and error, when can I try this out? And it doesn't have to be for those whole entire four days. It doesn't have to be for, you know, if you have the weekend off or a day off. Um, but seeing what matters in your life because prioritizing rest is huge too prioritizing time to sleep in and let your body actually like replenish and restore what it needs to and then it builds a trust within yourself like oh I can still do everything that I wanted to do today it just looks a little differently we have we are so attached to the outcome and how it looks so you have to be able to, release that, you know, it's not going to look the same as I think it should, but it's going to feel better for me and it's going to be more productive in the end.
0: Right. I love that you touched on trust. Cause I think that's so important. Like people don't realize that it's like the small day-to-day interactions that you have that are building that trust within yourself, you know, like trusting that you have enough time that you're doing the things that you need to be doing that are serving you in the season that you're in. And, um, I love that you said like, you know, we're so like outcome focused when it's like, if you focus on like the day-to-day intentions, what could shift? And I think we live in a culture where we're obsessed with like really long to-do lists and staying busy and thinking that everything is important. So for example, like days like today, where you get up a little bit later and you're like, how do you filter out what really matters versus what's maybe just like busy work or, you know, not as important.
1: Yeah, so that's a great question and I legitimately like actively do that and ask myself like what is important. Um so the first thing I did was walk my dog and I was asking myself those questions while we were on our dog walk. I'm like what do you not need to do today? Mm-hmm. Um and filtering it out in that sense. And then there was this open 30 minutes and I was trying to figure out all the things I could squish into it. And none of them felt good. And I like, we've done it so many times. Like we make the same mistakes over and over again. And then I would have gotten to my, I had a client before this. I would have got to my client and felt rushed and probably been late um, knowing myself. So I was like, I'm just not, I'm not making the same mistake again. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Brew, you have an extra like 15, 20 minutes in here. We can meditate for 15, 20 minutes. So I did that. I sat, I journaled and then had breakfast. And those things will be more beneficial than trying to cram in laundry and dishes and recording a podcast and writing a newsletter. (laughs) What? That's absurd. What are these expectations? It just, it makes no sense. It's useless. And it really impacts us, our health physically and mentally, and then how we show up for everything else. Like I would have been a Messed for my client. Obviously, I wouldn't have shown that, but I, my brain still would have just been frazzled. I wouldn't have been able to hold the same space for that person. Right. And then, same with you, I would have come to your podcast and been like, um, <laughs> I don't know, I've already done like twenty-five things this morning. Can't relate. <laughs> so, like, we have to clear the space for ourselves so we can just live a more fulfilling life.
0: Right, and it's kind of like the domino effect into the rest of your day. And I think so often, like the first thing our mind goes to is like, Oh, a free 20 minutes. This is uncomfortable. What do I do with this? You know, how yeah. can I stay busy and occupied? But I love that you were like aware enough to be like, okay, I can take this time to just like be, I don't have to do anything in yeah. these moments and life is not going to crumble underneath of me.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you're so right. It wasn't easy. It was a moment of discomfort. Like you're mm-hmm. so right in saying that it was like, the sweating. <laughs> what do I do now? But, um, you have to make the, the changes or we get stuck. And I've, there have been a million other times where I have chosen to fill that gap with 50 tasks. And I know that it doesn't feel good. And there just comes up that breaking point where you're like, no, <laughs> no more.
0: Right. And it's like awareness, you know, it's just like, even after like the slightest interaction or the slightest, like the smallest task being like, okay, how did that feel in my body? And just taking time to like reflect And then knowing that like the next time you can do better or you can change things or do things differently, but doing it from a place of like love and kindness versus like, I'm the worst. I suck. I'm so stressed and frazzled and overwhelmed and all these things right now. Why did I do that? Like, that's not productive either.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. We get so hard on ourselves and down on ourselves in those moments versus, and that's actually something that I tend to do as well. And like we'll do with clients is walking through, you know, what would you have done instead? And what can you do next time? Just like mentally picturing that and actually playing it out, not just verbalizing um like say it was gossip like i used to do this um i worked in a workplace that was pretty toxic and there would be gossip which i hated i've literally hated talking behind people's backs since high school i don't know i'm a firm believer in karma and mm-hmm. i was like i don't want that shit to bite me in the ass maybe it's mm-hmm. selfish but <laughs> mm-hmm. um so when i was working in this toxic workplace environment and if I engaged in gossip, I would feel that self-hatred, the guilt, the pressure, like, oh my gosh, why did I say those things? So I would visualize, walk myself back through what I would have preferred to say and what I would say if the situation happened again, which working in that workplace, I knew something similar would like that would happen again. People are always seeking to connect in that way. Um you know, like, what do you think of so-and-so? Um, so not just saying, oh, I wouldn't have done that. Actually picturing um, backup phrases that you could use. How could you excuse yourself? What's honest? Maybe you remain neutral. Maybe you defend the other person. What feels good for you in those moments? And so working my way back around here, it works the same way with the pressure that we feel to do things in our daily lives as well. Like walk yourself through that situation real time. What would you have preferred happen? And what would you do if this happened again? And it's it's so effective.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And even if you don't relive the exact same moment, you're probably going to have a similar experience or a similar encounter. And I think that, that um example that you gave was so relevant because we live in a society where we're always interacting with other people, whether that's at workplace, social relationships. And so I think that that is a really good testimony to like staying true to your values in situations where people test your limits or your boundaries. And I think that that is just like a powerful self-reflection tool in itself of like realizing that you don't have to adhere to what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is saying just because of that. So if we can, I'd like to jam on that for a second and just talk a little bit about, you know how your interactions and your values kind of coexist, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Like interactions with other people. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, and that's something like I'm discovering more are what are things that I actually value. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what comes along with when you're in your mid twenties and headed into thirties and we're really bringing up that self-identity piece. What do I actually value? And it gets lost in translation mm-hmm. and in how we interact with other people. And I know for me personally, I do value being able to slow down, being able to ask myself hard questions, have you know time for self-reflection. Um, and in turn, how that relates to other people is... I kind of encourage them to do the same thing. Like I expect in my relationships that I met with other people who are willing to be gentle with themselves and also work hard when needed. I expect the same um, ability to self-reflect and be aware of your emotions and communicate them effectively. And I think, yeah, so any expectations and values that I hold, I also look for that in other people and other relationships.
0: Yeah, absolutely because it makes the relationship deeper almost you know because it's like if you're somebody who likes to stay rooted and grounded you're probably not gonna have your best friend be somebody who goes out and party seven days a week and like stays up till 5am and like doesn't prioritize themselves or doesn't have the ability to reflect so it's like once you start to connect deeper with yourself and discover the things that you value and that you hold as important to you you'll start to find that in other people and again like your relationships are just more fulfilling and. I feel like you're able to grow a lot more, not only individually, but also like collectively with your community. And I don't think, I think it can be hard because like you said, as a 20 something, like you're going through this like deep, uncomfortable, wild ride of like self-discovery of like, who who am I? You know, what does that, e- what, what does that question even mean? What do I value? What is that? What even is it value? And so, you know, it's like kind of like this like roller coaster of emotions that comes with it. But I think this, time frame this age development if you will is like so crucial and so important and like I think now more than ever as being 25 myself I realize how important the relationships are in your life how they play a role and like how your life unfolds also how much of a choice it is right you get to mm-hmm. choose who you share your energy and time with so true oh and I think yeah people love kind of fall into this like I went to high school with them, so you know I have to be friends with them still. and it's like you can outgrow relationships, and that's okay.
1: Mm, i I really like that you said like about sharing your energy and and making that a choice. And I think it's even neat to look at qualities that other people have that we value, but don't necessarily practice ourselves. So we become envious of that. Um, so like when I first started dating the person I'm dating right now, I noticed I would make little comments. Um, just like, so he likes good quality stuff. And I'm sure I made some like sort of bitchy or passive <laughs> quotes. I'm like, Oh, like, you don't need to spend that much money on that. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I realized like, that's from a place of envy. Like I want to have that, um, as, as a value too, like, I want to take good care of myself and have good quality stuff that I look after. And, um, I also like, he has a skincare routine. I don't, I'm like, (laughs) that's really beautiful. Like I am also envious of that. Mm -hmm. So looking at um, those are pretty material, but like other qualities, too, though, you know,
0: like we're <laughs> like that, that doesn't mean like a, it's not a bad thing, you know, that's okay to like, want to kind of honor yourself in that way. Yeah. You know? It's like investing in yourself. You want- that's a,
1: yes. I love that. <laughs> Boom. I want to invest in myself like that. Yes. And it's huge. Um, mm-hmm. that beauty, that self-care piece, I think is like, it's important in our culture. It's important to us, no matter how much we say, like, looks don't matter. Or like, you know, don't be so like, I just gave that judgment. Like, don't be so material. We are. We're material. Embrace it. Be it. (laughs) That's exactly it. And so even if you're aren't quite sure, like what you fully value yet Looking for what you're envious of in other people can help you be like, oh, yes, I, I actually and that's that's like one of the reasons why, too, I realize like, oh, yes, this is not my living environment. Like, mm-hmm. I, I actually don't value being in this area and just looking for it in other people. If you can't fully figure out what it is in yourself, but it doesn't have to look just like it does for right. them.
0: Yes. I love that. And I feel like that's such like another full circle growth moment for you to like be able to like be honest and acknowledge that within yourself. Like, man, he has that. And I really want that. And I really admire that about him. So like, how can I implement that into my own life? And, you know, I think about the listener who's listening, you're like a lot of people with social media, like it's really easy to get sucked into that comparison trap. But if you see somebody on social media who has like a travel gram and you're like, so envious of all the adventure and all the travel they have in their life, how can you add a little bit of that spice into your own life? You know, it's like, are you like looking at them? as comparison or as almost like inspiration of like, oh, she's doing really cool things. I can do really cool things too. Or like, wow, he takes really good care of himself. I can take really good care of myself too. Um, and kind of blessing and releasing, like you said, that guilt feeling.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I can't even imagine what it's like for parents or anything out there, like on Instagram, seeing like, Photos of other people's kids, and just having that comparison piece of like, mm-hmm. I need to be doing this, but yeah, that's huge. Keeping in mind, of like, you said, if you see someone traveling, what can I do in my own way? Like, how can I spice up my adventurous life? Right. Um, and it, you know, if you were a parent or something, like, how can I care for my child or provide in this way yeah. that's in my style, like, right. knowing taking that. Image as inspiration versus the Bible, and like this is the only
0: way. Right. Or not, or even, you know, what came to mind when you were saying that is like not adopting that victim mindset or feeling like you're at a disadvantage because you're less than or you have less than, you know, it's like going back to like the travel example, like just because they took a trip that was international, maybe costing them a couple thousand dollars, doesn't mean that you have to do the same thing to get that same thrill and adventure. And I feel Mm. like that's just like an easy example, but could play across a lot of different areas of life of like family vacations or friendships or physical health, mental, you know, all of the things that you see on social media.
1: So true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm curious how, so going back to what you talked about at the end episode with moving and recognizing that your environment kind of wasn't serving you walk us through kind of like that revelation and how you decided to move and where you're moving to and like, what's, cause you know, a lot of times we think that like, making the move or making the job shift is like going to change our world. But I'm curious, like, what was the intention behind like picking the new place and like, what's going to be different, if that makes sense.
1: Ooh, interesting. I haven't even thought about some of this stuff. Okay. So, well, I made a list of things that I need in my new place that I'm not getting now. Um, And kind of thinking like, not out of ego or like, why do I want this stuff? Um Just cause for me, that's really important because I think that we get a lot of things and then we're ungrateful for them. Um, so for me, it was like about making my life a little easier, like, well, I feel like I spent a lot of time doing dishes and this place doesn't have a dishwasher. My next place has a dishwasher. That was on my list. That was important. a little things, <laughs> literally having a yard for my dog. Like the place mm-hmm. had to have a yard. Like I love being outside. I love having like easy access to going outside. I've had a balcony for the last little while, um, like clean, safe. Like I've been sharing laundry and I don't like it. it is yucky. And so I just want to like have my own laundry, like all these little things that we maybe take for granted were very important to me. Um, and then also still being in close proximity to where I work because, I don't want to commute. If I have to drive for a while, I'm going to be grumpy. i done it already. And I know that that's not something that I value. Um, I like to come home after work because I'm hungry. So, like, oh, in terms of how did I come to knowing that it was time to skedaddle? I think enough things had to happen that pissed me off and just <laughs> kept getting on my nerves. And I will tolerate a lot, which is wild. Like there are so many, so many of us, especially like women that are just like people pleasers. And like, we say we're neutral. Like a friend is like, where do you want to go to eat? And you're like, "Mm, I'm happy with whatever. That's always been my typical answer. Still is for most things. I'm like, I'm happy with whatever that's what do you want to do? Don't care. You decide. Um, but we do have opinions and we do care and, Yeah, I definitely like tolerated a lot of stuff. And so having that, my partner, which I don't know, it makes me upset at times that I had to wait for somebody else to point these things out to me. But I guess we are social beings and they say it takes a village and Mm -hmm. we do require support. And sometimes other people see our value more than we do. So like having him come here and be like, this place is sketchy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be here. How are you here? Um, and so even not being able to see that, or just thinking that, you know, this is all I have access to, or this is all I like maybe on some deeper subconscious level, this is all I deserve. Um, or like, yeah, yeah. Um, so having somebody else point that out to you, like, you, you know, it doesn't take that much effort to move. And even thinking things are hard, it's hard to make that change. Like you said, if it's a job, or something if it's a relationship whatever you're shifting to it's hard it comes because it comes with steps like moving mm-hmm. comes with steps you got to submit the notice you got to change your insurance your address you got to book the u-haul um there are steps but it will be better on the other side and it will not be as bad as you expect it to be or as exhausting um and yeah i think that's how it came to fruition was kind of seeking that external support from somebody else noticing my value before I can notice it myself.
0: But I think that happens so often in everyday life. You know, we just get stuck on autopilot going through the motions. We find comfort in the familiar, you know, so breaking those patterns and breaking those habits is like, well, it's easier just to stay where I'm at. You know, it's easier not to have to face this feeling of like, I'm telling myself it's narrative, like, this is all I deserve. So like, I'm going to stay in a sketchy place that actually doesn't fill my cup, that doesn't have the things in my life that I'm looking for. And then when somebody else points it out, you're like, oh shit, like, yeah. wait a minute, <laughs> you're so right. And sometimes you just need somebody else to plant that seed. So that way you can water it. And I think that you started that with like making that list of your needs. And I think that that's such a simple place for anybody to start, you know, just going through and asking yourself what needs of mine aren't being met right now. You know, what am I really looking for? Maybe you're trying to navigate a relationship. What am I really looking for in a partner? Maybe you're trying to navigate moving. What am I really looking for in a new apartment? What am I looking for to buy in a new house? You know, like what are my non-negotiables? And I think you lay that out so beautifully and that you really took thought and intention behind where you're going when it comes to
1: be met in your current place yeah oh non-negotiables that is that (laughs) is so important and I think we don't mm, and some people do I feel like there's two sides of the spectrum some people are hard to budge and will look at everything in like a red flags. Here, are my non-negotiables versus other people are very agreeable and go with the flow and accept. And like I was saying before, like people please. So we have to find somewhere that is in the middle, some place where you can. Mm, I don't want to say accept, like allow, mm-hmm. attune to what it is that you need and make decisions based on that accordingly. Versus just simply looking at everything in life as this is a red flag for me. I'm out of here. I'm not allowing it. I'm not accepting it. I don't tolerate this or just being lenient and going with, you know, things following along. Essentially, we have to find that middle ground.
0: Yeah. And I think it's like, yeah, like the middle ground of like, where am I settling or compromising versus where am I like bending just a little bit? but not compromising like my values or my boundaries type of thing. Like there is a middle ground, you know, you don't have to just like drop to your knees at anything anybody says, but you also like sometimes have to realize that you have to give and take almost too, you know? And so it's just like, what are you willing to give and what are you not willing to give type of thing? Yeah. Oh, you're so right. Let's talk a little bit about, I know you've been kind of moving into this like transition of walking away from, you said like physical therapy and training, right. Um, And into your psychotherapy. So tell us a little bit about the work that you do there um, and kind of what lights you up most about that work.
1: Oh yeah. So I, when I went through school was a personal trainer on the side. Mm. Okay. No, no. I said physical therapy physical therapy. i my personal trainer. What, yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, so yeah, I did personal training. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so I did my undergrad and then I worked frontline, um, in group homes with adults with developmental disabilities and dual diagnosis. And then, um, I worked as a supervisor with that same organization. And while I was doing my supervisor job, I was online taking my master's, um, And so as I was going through that, for some reason, I decided while getting your master's is also a time when you should start a personal training business. Um, So there's that like busyness. Let's see how much I can squeeze in here. Mm -hmm. So started squeezing that in, personal train on the side for the past three years, um, became a psychotherapist, and then... I thought I was only going to practice online and I would do both. And I would be all about the body and the mind and personal training wrapped up. And I just brought that to an end because it didn't feel, aligned anymore. Um, it didn't feel like it just, I feel like people need so much more support than that. And personal trainers are amazing. And people do need support in that area in some respect, but there's like so much else going on that I felt like I couldn't necessarily help people with like on a lot of personal training sessions, people are crying and like talking to you about their problems and what's going on in their life. And sometimes they don't even feel like doing a workout. And sometimes they know the workout's the best thing for them, or sometimes they just want to have a coffee and stretch. So I was like, okay, I don't feel like I'm being effective in using my skills and also being compensated for my skills in the right sense. Um, And like actually clinically practicing. So I am now doing just psychotherapy thought it was always going to be online. An office space became available so now I do both, which has been so great. Seeing people in person is insane. It's a huge difference just the energy that you have in the room. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm obsessed with mindfulness-based practice like in session. Um with almost everybody, I like take a moment of calm and pause and just like eyes closed quiet reflection during session because sometimes people come in and like, we're all in Dr. Google mode. Like we've already Googled our symptoms. We're already like, what happens if you're living with a controlling partner? What happens if you (laughs) had issues with your dad in the past? Um, like what is codependency? What are attachment styles? We all do that. We're all thinking over analyzing in our heads all the time. So I'm obsessed with like having my clients take a moment of pause in session and like tuning into their body. Like what does it feel like in your gut? What does it feel like in your head, neck, shoulders, just getting in touch with different areas in your body and how our bodies communicate stress to us and acknowledging all of that. Cause I saw that in personal training where people would come in with like back pain and they have like 20 million things that they're stressed about and just not taking the time to acknowledge anything other than our analytical mind. So that's what I'm loving right now is sitting down with people, holding space for what's going on and encouraging them to like take a pause for a
0: sec. Yes. I I love that. I love that you were in this career. You're like, okay, this isn't aligned. I'm going to like allow myself to pivot and kind of, it sounds like you almost like closed that chapter with like confidence that, hey, I saw this gap through these personal training sessions and like now I'm going to go feel or fill the need in this gap. And so I think that's such like a beautiful testament that like you can change your mind. You can change careers just because you start one thing. Doesn't mean you have to finish it forever, you know? Um, So that's beautiful. And I love that you really hold that space because I think it's really important. I think about the listener who's listening, who sometimes we get overwhelmed by our own emotions. It's like, I have all of this past trauma that I'm trying to unpack. I have all this identity that I'm trying to navigate so, would you say that like mindfulness and space is kind of your first step for the person who comes in to see you, or kind of what is that first step to identifying what it is that you're feeling in your day to day?
1: Okay, a couple of things there. So, you had mentioned about the pivoting, and that is so interesting how we cling to things, and you're like, I had this vision, this is how it must be because even, yeah, you're right. I did close that chapter and it felt really good and it still feels really good. But so many times I was like grasping to, should I keep my personal training license? Should I get my CPR recertified this year for it? Should I like take these courses? Like, what if I want to run a retreat further down the road that involves physical activity, just all these what ifs and like reaching out to some clients and thinking about like starting a running club and just all these thoughts that pop through my head and I'm like, no, (laughs) we're not, we're not doing that anymore. So just like pivoting is, it feels good and you know what's right for yourself to do. I believe that we all know what's right for ourselves and it's still hard. Like we really cling to old identities. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of if somebody comes in, the first Thing, you know what? That's really interesting that you ask. Cause as much as I say I am obsessed with like mindfulness and taking a pause, I'm not going to do that with everybody like right off the hop. And here's why. Um, because we are all so freaking uncomfortable with mm-hmm. that. And like, so if somebody was coming in for like their first or second session, probably wouldn't even do it then, maybe not until like the third or fourth. Once we start to know each other a little bit better and also knowing if that would be effective for them or if they'd be receptive to that because some, you know, like I would say the majority of people cannot sit with their eyes closed. Like often I'll invite people to just like stare at the ground. Um, yeah. But it's really hard for people to slow down, to shut things off, to get in touch with their body. People want to think they want to conceptualize. What is this issue? How do I fix it? Um, yeah. It's, it's wild. So. No, you're right. That is definitely, it's not one of the first things I would do as important as it is. I think building the relationship is more
0: important. Yes. I love that. And I love that you kind of gauge where the person's at, right. You know, knowing that it's not one size fits all and, you know, whether it's personally or professionally or intimately, like strengthening that relationship in any area of your life is so important. You know, you really have to lay that foundation before you can kind of start to grow up. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people try to like build up before they lay the bricks almost, you know, it's like, I want to get to the finish line or I want to get to the end goal, but it's like, there's so many steps and processes that take place in between where you start and where you finish or where you're going.
1: Oh, that's so true. Interesting. Like we do really jump to the finish. Mm -hmm. Ah, I'm trying to think of other areas in my life that that's like applicable as well. And then I wonder too, with like your job, what does it look like for people nurse, right? Mm -hmm. What's that like jumping to the finish line?
0: I mean, I think it depends kind of what season or what area the nurse is in, right? Like new grads, when they start as new nurses, they want to jump. The experience who knows all the skills. Or, you know, maybe it's the experienced nurse who's wanting to further education and like they want to jump straight to the master's degree and then they get the master's degree and they're like, wait, Mm -hmm. I'm still not fulfilled my profession. What's missing here? So I think, you know, this goes across all workforce areas Mm -hmm. is that we think a degree or accolades are going to fix the lack of fulfillment. And a lot of times I think it's just people aren't doing more of the things they're really good at or that light them up. You know, Mm -hmm. they have no awareness around like what am I really passionate about? Or what am I really excited about? You know, I don't love the like, get really good at one thing type of mindset. I like think that there's multi-dimensions to people, but I think like really just having an honest conversation with yourself of like, what does excite me? What do I want to show up for every single day? And knowing that like, as you add more of those things in your day-to-day life, you're ultimately going to be more fulfilled. So that's kind of I feel like how healthcare works when it comes from like jumping is like thinking that certain skills or certain degrees or pay grades are gonna fix the lack of fulfillment.
1: Yeah. And uh so interesting. Like I'm often like trying to uncover like what gifts I have. Like you said, mm-hmm. people are that multi-dimensional. Um, and I so believe that we we have so many gifts that we like have yet to tap into and and explore and share. So yeah, 100%, we're always like seeking externally, like what, what will make me better? What can I present to other people? And it's often stuff that's not even true for us.
0: Right. And it's like, you know, kind of going back to your situation where, you know, changing the external environment, yes, is going to help, but not without doing the internal work first. I think the internal work is that knowing of like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what's in alignment with me. This is what's not. And so I think that kind of like ties everything together that we've talked Mm. about this whole episode.
1: So true. Yes.
0: Uh, Before we hop off, is there any last minute golden nuggets that you want to share or anything that you really want the audience to know?
1: Ooh, yeah. Uh, I guess the last piece I would say is don't be afraid to take time for yourself Mm -hmm. for that self-discovery and to... To reflect and like alone time is okay. Uh, as much as we need that external support from other people. Like I said, my partner helped me realize, like, oh, I value like having nice things and a skincare routine and taking care of myself and oh, like living in a nice place. Mm -hmm. As much as we need that support from other people, we have to be able to take time for ourselves and see because now I'm not just going to copy him. I'm going to say, okay, how does that apply to me? And in order to do that, like I need some time to myself. And I think we often shy away from doing that or taking ourselves on, you know, coffee dates alone and doing, I'm like a huge proponent for things alone. I think mm-hmm. that that is okay. So I want to encourage other people to do that too, because it can feel really good and it can lead to a lot of self-discovery. Um, and then taking that time for pause, like resting reflecting, getting in touch with your body. Like I do with my clients in session in in like third session on, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's so important because we just ignore what's happening going on inside of us. And yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. I think that ties everything up that we've talked about. And I think it's so important, like you said, to just really like be okay with spending time with yourself and, you know, allowing yourself, that peace in space throughout your day and realizing like not every last minute has to be crunched with a to-do list item or, you know, doing product, quote unquote, productive things. Um, And when you kind of give yourself that space, you connect deeper with yourself and you're able to kind of have these revelations and these experiences that we've talked about this entire episode. So where can we connect with you after this episode is over and what's up in your world? Oh, amen.
1: Thank Mm. you. Thank you for having me. Um, It's been Awesome. So yeah, people can connect with me at Bria.Wanamaker on Instagram, um, on my website, which is BriaWanamaker.com. I have a new course and it's all about calming your nervous system. Yeah. I'm so stoked. So it's like an online self-led workshop. Um, it's like audio, video, tons of education, like science in there, but also bite-sized for like the working person and the busy person. And so I put that course first because like calming your body, calming your nervous system is I think the first step to like giving you that foundation, like laying the bricks before we work up. Uh, the next course that I'm going to be launching after that is all about food and fitness and body image. Um, but we're not there yet. So I'm just laying, laying the bricks. That's the first, first workshop. Yeah. So that's on my website and, uh, that's all that's, uh,
0: exciting over here. Sweet. I will make sure that I link all of that in the show notes. And I love that you're letting all of your worlds collide because even though you're not doing the like personal training, like you still can utilize that skill set and that knowledge to build those bricks up. So thank you so much, and we'll chat with you next time. Yeah. Thank you.